hands off the merchandise! Dig it! Ladies and gentlemen, Retro-style wrestling action figures from JellaToys.net bring the legends, the present, and the future back to the classics. ChellaToys.net Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Hands Off The Merchandise. I'm Fox from Grapple Arcade on bbgwrestling.com and we're joined once again by another illustrious Hasbro customizer. We absolutely love it on this show, like HWO crew coming through. <laughs> uh, Frankie, Kyle Customs, how you doing, dude? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thanks very much for having us on. Not a problem at all, man. I know that we obviously chat quite a bit on Twitter and uh, through the groups that we're associated with, with the collector world, much like when we had Tippy on the other week and TTD on. Uh, it's your turn for the hot seat tonight, fella. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. So should be interesting after hearing kind of their stories. It's quite good that everybody's just quite similar, to be honest with you. I think that's the thing, man. Everything it, kind of intertwines to some extent, but everybody's got their own little sort of flavour to add on it, you know? Everybody's yeah, that's got it, their yeah. own kind of their own take on things or... Um, how things came to be in their own sort of styles and things like that. But we love it because, you know, I think at least three of us from BBG are collectors. Um, obviously, I've, I've customised them in the past myself. I'm trying to get back into it. And as I've said, the other lads there, I keep sort of dangling the character to myself, at least, that I'm going to start again one day, but just need to just sit down properly and pick up the paintbrush, you know. It's as simple as yeah. that. I just need to no, create some time it. to do it. Yeah, I've seen your, I've seen your stuff kind of... You're re-showing it again, which is good because it then kicks back your life to say, do you know what? I used to do that. Let's see what I can do now. So, no, it'll be good to see what you come up with, mate. Appreciate it, man. And that's exactly it. It's one of those things where if I kind of encourage myself to some extent, um, I might do it <laughs> rather yeah. than just saying I'm going to do it. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it. You'll knock, you'll knock one out, mate, and that'll be it. You'll be back in the game and you'll be demented. Straight, yeah. straight back to being skinned looking for parts again yeah exactly yeah <laughs> well I suppose we'll start at the beginning like we always do whether we're speaking to a guest who's in the customising world the collecting world the wrestling world whether they've stepped in or outside the ring doesn't really matter to us we'll always start at a kind of similar base point so really mate uh, when did you become a fan and what was the first match you saw or what was the first thing that kind of got you into the world of wrestling that's a tough one, mate. I had to before I came on here. I had to sit and think about all of this. I mean, because I think we all have childhood memories of stuff, and whether they're correct or not is a is a different opinion in it. So I kind of had to start doing a bit of Google search and just to make sure I was in the right kind of era and stuff. So I, I like probably the majority of people. I kind of started with like British old school wrestling on what ITV. Uh, your big daddies, your giant haystacks, your Kendo Nagasaki's, and who was a Mark McManus, was always a bad name. My mom hated him. Uh, <laughs> so we kind of started off with there. And then I don't know what it was. All of a sudden, we had NWA slash WCW just appeared. Yep. And for some reason, I, I don't know if it was on late at night or if it was on during the day. Now, I remember WCW being on, I think, I don't know when you, when the timeline that you're talking about, I remember it being on I'm a rough about, about, I'm, I'm talking late 80s, mate. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s, that kind of 89, 90 kind of time frame. I've got a feeling it was like late night 
Last time I remember watching it as a kid, it was probably about 10 or 11 p.m. I might yeah, have so that's um, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it was like the kind of time where you were allowed to stay up to watch it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It was like yeah, I, yeah. I, the only time I remember watching it at the time was when we had a baby. I remember this vividly. Actually, it was me and my brother. We had a babysitter when my mum and dad were out. We were only youngsters, but we were, I'd say a babysitter. We were, I think I was about how old? I must have been about sort of 10 or something like that. My brother was a bit younger, so that's why we had a babysitter around. But um, the I remember staying up a bit later than normal, you see, and my folks were out. And I, th- I, I might be wrong, but I feel, I've got a feeling it was on ITV at about 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. 10, yeah, 10, something, 10 p.m. Something on a Saturday like night. Mm. Yeah, something like that springs to mind, mate, that I was kind of up late. I, I never slept anyway as a kid because I've got ADHD and I was just hyperactive constantly. So I think it was one of the ones where my parents were like, well, he's up, so he may as well Fair let him watch this. And hopefully he falls asleep after it. I mean, but yeah, yeah so it was quite late on. And, and I always, to this day, still love old school. NWWCW, like Road Warriors, the Freebirds, Flair, Sting, like, oh, yeah, that was probably more exciting to me than what the WWF was when it finally came in. Sure. Uh, and still to this day, I'm not in a set whenever I'm making stuff, I'll kind of go on the network and, and watch old school WCW because it's kind of the first memories I've got of like American wrestling. Uh, and then I probably, same again, late 80s, early 90s. All of a sudden, we, we started getting like one episode of WWF. I think it might have even have just been on Eurosport, I think it was. Uh-huh. It was like the, the, the Ultimate Warriors. I think it might have been Wrestling Challenge. The, the Ultimate Warriors on the start with all the, the, the lights and thunder and all that stuff. Just vivid memories of, of that. But I'd probably say the first match that I would have seen would have been yeah, an NWA one, uh, WCW. But as soon as I seen Sting, that was me. I was hooked. It was just. I was in, and, uh, and that was it. So as a kid, I'd watch anything boxing, anything along those lines. So as soon as I seen NWA, WCW, WWF, I was, I was done. I was good to go. You were hooked, hooked from that point yeah, onwards. That, that was it, mate. A lot of just big guys shouting and battling each other. So it was amazing. <laughs> That's fair enough. I know it's interesting, actually. Um, the way you started that sentence there was very interesting because you said. Um, like a lot of people, I started with the old ITV World of Sports stuff, and it's. Very, I'll tell you what is interesting. You're probably the only person who's ever said that that was your your introduction into wrestling, because I think yeah. a lot of people kind of came in a little bit later. So it's interesting to hear somebody who um, came in through the World of Sport route. Like I, I watched a bit of World of Sport, but it was a, a little bit later on after I realised what wrestling was about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah back to it. Yeah, we, well, my grandma and my granddad, like, I, I kind of grew up a lot, like, I mentioned in a previous chat that we got, a, like, a random huge sky dish, like, sort of, uh, attached oh, yeah. to the side of our house, but it was like, well, a knockoff one. Pete. That's the one, man, that's the one, Dodgy Pete the Fisherman. Um, he, like, but, prior, like, around that time as well, I was living a lot with my grandparents, like, and uh, grew up with them, and, like, my gran was the one who used to sit up and watch the wrestling with us. And any time we're staying at theirs after school, you know, we were sticking WrestleMania tapes on, et cetera, et cetera. We're sticking, the same kind of things. We didn't have a huge amount of access to it. So we just had VHS and we are just watching the same ones over and over yeah. and over again, you know. Best of Saturday Night's main event, uh, WrestleMania 7 and 8 on VHS, that kind of stuff. I'm just chucking them on all the time. And um, my gran was, you know, watching that in her house and she was watching it with us and it was just listening to her sort of responses to what was happening. Like, yeah. and you know, atomic drops, she'd be like, ooh! And like, oh, yeah. um, 
and she's uh, like my, my family from a Scottish heritage as well. They're from Aberdeen. So hearing my grand, big, fiery red head kind of um, Aberdeen <laughs> accent screaming at, you know, that the baddie's like, boo! She's shouting boo at the screen yeah. and stuff. But from that, what's interesting is that she she elaborated on some stories that I wasn't aware of until later on in life. And she told me that her dad, who would have been my great-granddad, he used to be a doorman back in the day for the wrestling. So that's how she kind of had a slight interest and was happy oh, to really? kind of, you know, like let like happy for us to watch it with her. Whereas my, my mom and dad couldn't give a shit. They weren't bothered at all about it. But my gran really liked it. And it was because her dad used to be a doorman. He used to take the tickets. He used to sort of be an usher. He used to walk around ringside and tell the kids to sit down and stuff. But back, no, you're talking back in the in the 40s, you know, 40s and 50s when it was deemed real still. All the fans thought it was the real deal. They thought they were going to watch a, um, something quite legitimate when actually it was still quite carny. Um, yeah. but if it was, you, if you, sorry, mate. If you look no, at like, all the old kind of world of wrestling when you see it on TV, though, the front row is made up of grannies. Yeah, man, yeah. Just yeah. shouting at the wrestlers, and it? Just giving them shit constantly. Oh, and it. there's, like, kids sat there next to them quiet, and the old grannies are just giving them full pelt. So it's something that's been brought up through the ages, isn't it? Of, I think it's like a working-class background, in it? Of just getting out and, and watching something. And then and it brought to the masses for them all. And, and it's quite interesting when you do see the just grannies giving them rubbish. It's like my right. mum used to just... My mum used to shout at... WCW constantly, if you've seen the Fabius Freebirds, I mean, Michael hates got it tight, just because the way he would prance down with his big blonde hair and pouting and stuff, <laughs> and she just, she just gave him shite, and I just sat in there howling but, yeah, it's quite it's, interesting how everybody else is the same Well, that's it, and it's funny you should mention that about the front rows, because I do remember vividly speaking to me, Gran, about the front rows because me and my brother used to laugh and just sort of say, there's you Gran, there's you Gran, on the front row watching, <laughs> watching all the sport and we did ask her about it. We said, like, why is there always grandma? Like, why, why is there always grannies in the front row? Because it was quite synonymous. It was obvious they were there. It wasn't like there was just yeah. one or two. It was littered with them. And, and you know, we said, why are they always angry? Why are the grannies always angry? Why are they, why are they the loudest? And she said, because cause as, a, as a woman back then, you couldn't do that at home. So it was a way to let your hair down. Oh, and I thought that, that, was a, that was such a cracking sort of bit of insight that, you know, you couldn't get away with behaving like that, really outside of that confine so that was your chance and opportunity and it was allowed to kind of you know let out all your frustrations yeah, of the day all that energy. yeah you've been looking after the kids and the bands all day all the grand your grandkids and your husband's been out and he's come back from wherever like he's been working all day he's come back in a bit of a mood so it's your chance yeah. to get out there and just uh, just kick off <laughs> and it's pretty hardcore bingo isn't it it's yeah and Absolutely. Uh, so, kind of linked to that, then, dude. Um, when did you start noticing figures as part of things? Because obviously, that came a little bit later on. You mentioned there about late 80s. I mean, were you um, prone to seeing what was available in different countries, or were you very much a case of when figures started popping up in the shops in your neck of the woods? When was that? Yeah. To be honest, mate, I would probably say like your standard when, when they all started hitting, when it was the kind of like early 90s. But prior to that, Obviously, uh, we know we like everybody keeps saying it, and nobody had a lot of money back in like when I was a kid. <laughs> so whenever you got toys, it was your birthday or your Christmas. That was it. And every now and again, you would like pass a shop and you would get a two pound set of 
a plastic samurai sword, a couple of ninja stars, and a, a set Aye. of nunchucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's, I mean, to this day, I'm still, I'm, mate, I'm still trying to find a set like online. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find them, but it was, it was the wee store that that we used to go to uh, just on Saracen Street in Parcel Park, and uh, and there, they, they obviously you got your 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 bootlegged wrestlers. I mean, your ones that looked like Hogan and stuff, but they weren't Hogan. But they yep. were they were all all American wrestling, but it wasn't Hulk Hogan, even though it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Then you had like your thumb wrestlers, the ones where you you jam your thumb up the bum. Yep. <laughs> and the same again, you you got you got like a two pack, but it was Hogan, but it wasn't Hogan. Yeah, I know so, what you mean. So we probably I would probably say that I started that way with the, with the kind of bootleg two pound one pound cheap toys, and then once. Like the wrestling figures started up here, and then it started to appear in Argos and like the catalogs. So when it came to like your birthday, your Christmas, Santa was Santa was Argos when he was a little woods catalog. It was there, right? Pick where you want from Santa. And then that was it. So once you started seeing them in places like that, or you started seeing them on the adverts on TV. But to be honest, uh, I wasn't like a lot of kind of Woolworths, like people talk about Woolworths and John Menzies stopped them. You don't really seen. We never had them where we lived, so it was just that one wee shop, the, the wee toy shop. And yeah. once we were in there, he he stacked them. Once they came in, he, he had quite a few of them, which was good. Yeah, so I'd cool. probably say that started off in the bootlegs, moved into the proper Hasbro's once they appeared in like Argos and, and, and the Little Woods catalogue. Were you collecting anything else? Like, did you have your eye on any other sort of like, um, like any action figures and things like that from any of the brands and stuff that wasn't wrestling? Were you, did you, were you, were you kind of like, you know, lusting after a different toy line before wrestling became more apparent to you? To be honest, it would, it's one of the ones where, like I said, when you've no really got a lot of money, there's, mm-hmm. there's no really much collecting you're doing, is there? Sure. And, and well, like, you're not having a lot of toys, so don't get me wrong, I had, I had like Star Wars figures. So I had like the kind of the walking robot, the big, the big one. I'm I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I, I always remember these. So I had things like Star Wars. I always remember that I had R2D2, C3PO. I mean, I think I might have had maybe a couple of the original 18 figures. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and just so it would be like the odd one in here, whether you would get them for your birthday or you would get them for Christmas. But I was never. I wouldn't say that I massively stuck to one kind of cartoon or one kind of set of toys or collectibles or whatever it may have been. It was just by the time your birthday comes around, I mean, I'm October, and then Christmas comes. So it's in that time frame of whatever was out at that time, that's where you were kind of getting, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I completely but understand. I was just happy to have anything that was involved in fighting. So I was like your standard kid. <laughs> I was running about with guns, like plastic guns. Like I mentioned earlier on, your ninja, your ninja set with the plastic samurai sword and a couple of plastic ninja stars and yeah. fake wrestlers, anything, mate. So I was kind of that boy where I was never fixated on certain products. I just anything today with fighting and like playing about, and then that was me. I was I was sold. It's amazing you mentioned there, like the knockoffs, and I know which ones you're like. They're sort of like the Remco knockoffs, aren't they? I suppose. Yeah, the like Sun Gold style. She's in here. Um, I, th- I know there was because there was those and then there was I remember there being like a mini set as well of them and the reason why I remember that is because I was on holiday and we went uh, we were actually in Cyprus I know funny enough and we were on, we were um, it was like quite a sort of cheap sort of get it was the first time we'd been abroad you know 
Uh, and it was our first sort of cheap getaway holiday. And it was, I think, it must have been about sort of 95 of the guests, something like that. And it was our first time abroad and we went there. And the, there was a, like a sort of little coastal shop thing like that sells you, ex, you what you'd expect, your fishing rod, your fishing nets, your hats, your boomerangs, all that kind of tat. You know what I mean? Like a typical seaside shop. And it had one of those kind of little carousel stands, like the ones that you get sunglasses on that just turn around. Yeah. But it had loads of random cheap figures on. Of all sorts of different stuff, you know what I mean? The equivalent of like knockoff Power Rangers type of thing, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it had these packs and they were like, if you can imagine like um, sort of short crayons, you know, like sort of length of your finger kind of crayons. Right, and yeah. you know, you can get them kind of like in, in a long in a long row in a cardboard box, that kind of size of cardboard box, right? You know, the, about the length of your finger, that kind of height. Yeah, I know what points are on, yeah, but yeah. And it had about six of these mini Sun Gold knockoff figures in it. And, you know, there was, as you again, it was the first time I'd ever seen these type of figures before. But they were about the size of Gladiator figures. So they weren't, they weren't proper size Sun Gold. They were like sort of smaller ones, the size of the very similar size and shape and style as the UK Gladiator figures that we got later on. Yeah, knockoff wrestlers. And you could tell straight away that's meant to be Hogan, that's meant to be Savage, that's meant to be. Uh, warrior, that's meant to be whoever, you know, that's meant to be yeah. chic, and then it goes a bit skew whiff, and you don't really know who the rest of them are. That's Duggan, but he's in green trunks, <laughs> yeah. Um, They've they done enough to kind of keep you going, didn't he? And that's it. And it was like, ah, oh, that's such and such. No, it's not really. That's yeah, that's exactly that's, it. Oh, that he's got the curly, I've been the Russian, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that must be Iron Chic there, but he's got a patch yeah, on the for some reason, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. But it was always cool, and you know. When we found them, we were just as happy, as you said. You were just as happy to to get hold of something like that because there was some kind of association to wrestling. And yeah, yeah. it wasn't the real deal, but it would do. And you had a couple yeah. of VHS. We went, there was, there was, there was a, um, a knockoff VHS shop that was selling just copies, but in photocopied, you know, sl- sleeves and stuff. Yeah. And it was just a shop on the main street. And, you know, and there was just, you know, anything goes back then. Um, and it was just a shop in the middle of the in the middle of the street, and again on the same holiday in Cyprus. And walking down it, I remember picking up a few wrestling videos as well. And that's where I picked up. Um, it was like WrestleFest '92. Um, remember that definitely being one of them. Uh, another WrestleFest. I think there was um, possibly uh, funniest moments or something like that. Just some of those kind of ones, but they were the equivalent of a pound each. So picked four of them up. But when you put those four VHS cases together, that becomes the wrestling ring for your knockoff Hasbro's, <laughs> your knockoff wrestlers. <laughs> so all worth the treat. All worth the treat. That's not bad. I got all my, like, anytime we got videos that just been like, the weekend blockbuster. Yeah. Like, straight in there, your, your dad would pick three movies or two movies, and you would get to pick one, and straight away, straight to the wrestling section, WCW or early WWF, done. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Better yeah. do it. Get it played constantly until you has to take it back. There was, we didn't have like a blockbuster or a, what was Ritz before blockbuster up in our neck. Um, Ritz with like yellow and red Ritz. Yeah, uh, side. Um, and that came, that kind of opened up a bit later. But to be honest with you, we were still kind of scraping pennies at that point. So like there was a, there was a, like a sort of local independent one called Jackson's Video around the corner. And it was just beat up to smithereens. The whole place stank of smoke and piss, you know. It was just one of those kind of video <laughs> video shops. And um, one of those kind of ones where, you know, mucky old men go out to go, <laughs> to go and get the new releases. <laughs> they got a DVD underneath the table. A VHS. <laughs> and a VMAX Bono. 
Well, even back then, mate, they were just back straight on the top on the shelves. They weren't hiding anything, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Wild West in uh, the early nineties. But there was um, which video was it? Um, I want to say it was the British Bulldogs uh, VHS. Oh, it's uh, a classic cover, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. And they had that um, in there. It was the only wrestling video they had that. They had that. And then I can never remember the name of this bloody film, but it was about some lad who wants to become a wrestler. And it was like an American kind of, you know, 80s kind of, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. But there was a couple of uh, well-known wrestlers in it. It's just that they weren't doing anything. It wasn't a, it wasn't an official WWF release or anything like that. I can never yeah. remember. The, body Count, was it Body Count? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah so body I had, Count was sure, Body Count, was that another one that had Face? I think it was. Face, it was a face bit like... Yeah, it was a bit like, um, you know, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off Meets Wrestling. That kind of kind of cracked, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, like, yeah I'm sure that one has Captain Lou Albano. It did. It uh, did have Albano in it. You're right. Yeah, um, I can't remember. A, I can't few remember more. a few more, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, there was the this Jackson's video had that in the British Bulldogs. Um, so I remember asking the woman at the till at the counter, have you got any wrestling videos? And she pointed me to them too. I took both of them at the time. Uh, but I watched Body Count and I was like, this isn't WWF, what's going on here? I couldn't get my head around what, what I was watching. It wasn't WWF. Um, so I took that back. <laughs> but the, the British Bulldog one, I was probably the only person renting it, but I rented it every week. Like every week. From, <laughs> until it closed down. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but in the, you know what I mean? I, I spent far more than the value of the VHS on renting it over, over the space of a couple of years. <laughs> but, you you know, you do daft things. And I just, my gran was going there and she was getting whatever from her and my granddad to watch. And I was like, well, I'm clearly getting British Bulldogs. <laughs> Again. Yeah, that's that good one you're going to get. Oh, I'll get that one. Absolutely. So anyway, man, we've touched on figures there. Smoothly links into when you decide to start customising. So what led to the whole... Action figures, love me wrestling, love wrestling figures. Did you start collecting Hasbros for quite a while? Did you get into customizing after collecting Hasbros? Did it kind of come later on, but you decided to go back and customize Hasbros, even though TTLs were out by now? What's the story with you and customizing, pal? How did it come to fruition? It's quite a random one for me. I stopped watching wrestling probably in 96 or something. Uh, completely. Not when... Every now and again, I still wear that. A Nintendo 64 when I when I joined the army, went away, bought a Nintendo 64, so I would play like WCW games. So that was my, that was still my into wrestling. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I never really watched it. Uh, so I missed the whole kind of attitude area and everything after that. Right. So because I was away since I was 17, constantly away, and then football then takes over, and then that was it. So wrestling kind of just got put in the back burner. Uh, if it was on TV, I, I would watch it if I came across them, but I wouldn't actively seek it out. Or and and I think it would have been 18 years later, mate. So back in 2017, uh, I probably just had too much time in my hand or something. I went through like a, a kind of nostalgia trip where mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, knew that I've got money when I never had money as a kid, and knew that I've got kind of about more than what I had as a kid. I thought, you know what, I want to collect. Toys that meant something to me as like as a kid. I mean stuff that I can pinpoint, right? I got that then, that would have been for that birthday, or I got that half my grand and granddad. So I looked into buying the original twelve Hasbro mm-hmm. and same again, I didn't really know 
where to get them and anything along those lines. So done a bit of Googling, ended up, I think, on Facebook, eBay, all the usual stuff. And I just started buying them. So I never, like, like now people are buying mock. I wasn't bored of it. I didn't know about, like, mock or anything. I just wanted the figures. Yeah. I, just wanted, them, I wanted them to sit on a shelf so that I could walk past every day and then, like, have a have that wee bit of nostalgia buzz where I'm like, you know what, I had a, a brilliant time playing with them as a kid. Absolutely. I mean, my job, my job might be stressed or I might be stressed in life and all the rest of stuff, but when I see those, it'll just take me back to something where I'm kind of, I was at my happiest. Do you know what I'm getting at? Absolutely. So, that's I, so I bought them and I kind of, once I, I started getting into the original 12 and always chasing the next one and chasing accessories or like figures with accessories, I went down a rabbit hole of Facebook groups. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly, I was like, I mean, when I was on Facebook, I would never join any group. I would never do anything like that. I was just on there solely to talk to people, like my mates, not even yeah. making new mates, just my mates. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I ended up in these in the groups, and then that's when I started seeing customs. And and I just thought it was brilliant. And I just, when I seen some, don't get me wrong, some of them were not great, and I mean, some of them were brilliant. I just thought it was amazing that you could still get the old figures, probably in absolute rag order, because they're 20, 30 year old, mm-hmm. and then turn them around and make them into something that you would have wanted as a kid. And Can you remember any particular has uh, any particular customizer from the time when you were looking at these groups, or any particular figure that stood out and went, "Oh man, that's that's it, that's the one, that's what I need to do." Was there yeah. any? No, so like I was saying, mate, I, I was a massive like kind of NWA, WCW person all the way uh-huh. up to near the end, probably before WCW died in its arse and just started getting people like Man City contracts. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I just, it was at that stage. So I seen Mike Jackson, mate, who on Instagram, he's like Big Dog Customs and on uh, Facebook, I think he's Old School Customs or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made... Sting, he made a sting, and I was, I was like, right, I want that. No, and how much is that? And he, he, I think it was like twenty five quid or something, something really cheap. And yeah. I said, right, give me him, and so like old school stuff first thing, and then a, a cross sting. And when I got them, I was like, these are just brilliant. Yeah. I thought to myself, right, could I do this? Mm-hmm. Right. Could I do this myself? No, I mean, I'm not saying I'm artistic, but I've always drew as a kid. It was always one of your ones. What were I do today? Here's a pen and paper. Shut up and go and draw in the corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I could probably get a chance. So I was on, I was deployed in Cyprus on a UN mission tour, and I got speaking to Mike uh, just about how he does it. Could he tell me how to do it? I wasn't really interested. And like, I had to explain to him and say, look, mate, I'm not trying to steal your ideas or steal your jobs or anything. I just I would like to kind of see how it works. One, I'll pass the time a wee bit and two, I've always wanted these certain figures and the figures I always wanted was Legion of Doom mm-hmm. with foot pads. Yeah. Because yep. when when they, when they came out as Hasbro, I was buzzing because it was Legion of Doom. Yep. But I was also massively disappointed because one, Hawk was a jumper. Yeah. 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 And I thought that's that's just ruined these figures. So the older I got, and then I, when I started getting into customs, I thought, you know what, this world needs Legion of Doom with foot pads that yeah. attach 
they need removal shoulder pads. So I got speaking to Mike and after he'd sent me uh, these two stings and he, he talked me through how he kind of take them apart, what's the best things to use. So I think I bought parts on eBay, got them sent out to me. And the first thing I'd done with an animal was I painted it with black Sharpie pen and a silver pen because I had that anyway. So I was like, right, let's see if this works. Mm-hmm. It looked shit. But in my head, I was like, right, that's what I want. I want NWA Road Warriors and I want them with it pads. So we, t- we talked about it, mate, back and forth, and they kind of helped me. And then when I got back to the UK, I then bought my lead part. And the first thing I done was sculpt the pads because I'd already preset and I'd already made the figures in Cyprus. So, so I'd you, made them. You sculpted, you sculpted pads? Yeah, mate. So Jesus, like that's, that's, a, so, that's, that's something to take on for one of your first sculpting missions. Mate, I, know, like? that, I know. And that's what Mike was saying me. He's like, mate, you want to do what for your first one? And I was like, I want to sculpt pads. <laughs> they put on these figures. So like I said, I made the figures out in Cyprus when I had the time. And then when I came back to UK, that was it. And once I'd done it, mate, I was like, I, you probably use my pads. It's not the easiest stuff to use. But I was just so determined that I wanted these for my nostalgia cupboard. And and I'd done them, mate, and they weren't amazing, but they were, they were good. No, and they were, you looked at them and you thought, you know what, that brings back memories of the road warriors just destroying everybody. And that was me. I was happy as anything. Then I thought, you know what, well, I put them on these groups. I want to put them on the group to just show people. And I think I, I, think I just went, you know what, I put it on. And people just went, ape shit for it and it was like are you selling them and I was like no chance I'm not selling these <laughs> no, and yeah. like my first set and it, it kind of snowballed for there and once I'd done that every other like I don't know how you put it like a grievance against Hasbro just burned inside me mm-hmm. so I thought right that figure needs done that figure should have been done different that figure should have been different and inside my head I was like right roll dump 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 and it was just figure after figure to change what I wanted as a kid Classic. so that's kind of how I got started into it and then it just kind of snowballed for there it's amazing once... sorry go on mate no no crack on mate I was just going to say, it's amazing how many people that I've spoken to who've got into customs who are of the calibre that I think is bloody you know top level calibre in my opinion, um, you know, I've been doing it for a while. Been doing it since the nineties, and yeah, amazing fact, mates. Sorry, mate. It's even when people yourself tell stories about like you made figures thirteen years ago. It's insane. I just think myself, I can't believe it. And then there's people who have been doing it for fifteen years, and I've only been doing it now, coming up for it's like two and a half years. And I'm in, and I'm getting closer to three, and I'm just thinking to myself. 13 years ago, people were like, I alright, customized with a black pen, right? And NWO, that's not customizing, but people would just say we were then pulling bits apart. I didn't know this was going on. And I think Brian said the same on the last episode. He probably didn't know what was going on either. And then it's and then incredible to know that. It's incredible. Yeah. And that was because I was never on, like, I was never on the internet. I was never on the message groups where all this yeah. happened. Yeah. So I kind of bypassed also when I was in the army and all that stuff and I was there and I was doing, being away. All that just bypassed me. And then all of a sudden, three years ago, it just hit me like a, like a, like a steam train. <laughs> it's incredible. And when you do, when it hits you, you know about it. That's it. You, you, you're hooked. I mean, what was it? Let me think. 90, oh, it was 97 or 98. So 
22, that's insane, 23 years ago, um, was was the first, as I was telling Tippy, it was uh, Ric Flair into a gold dust, like full paint job. Yeah. And it was all right, it was all right. But but once I'd done it, that was it. That was absolutely it, hooked, hooked for life. Um, I say hooked for life, hooked until I stopped doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, exactly. the burning well, desire is still there. Um, well, that, the that was probably over like years before you're going to go bored well, of it. Well, yeah. That's that's absolutely the, the case, and it was I think it was like the WrestleFigs forums were the ones where it opened my eyes to the world that was doing it. I I didn't know, um, I knew a couple of my friends were sort of as you say the NWO with a permanent marker on somebody's top, um, that was happening. But I was you know a bit younger than that when I was a bit younger. A, a couple of my mates, actually they weren't even my brother's mates. They went to the Citadel miniatures, you know the Warhammer and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Citadels. So. They used to give me the figure for whatever reason. I was just I was quite good with a paintbrush, you know, back then. And they would um they would give me the figures and then give me a couple of quid to paint their figures for them. So I had that appetite for painting toys anyway, you know. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then then I thought, right, well, I'll give the rest of them figure Malarkey a go because I'm, it's, it was my I, I loved them. It was I'd been collecting them, well, collecting being you know not the right word, but getting hold of them, getting them for Christmas, buying them from five pence tombolas at school, all that kind of stuff, getting hold of them however you could whenever they came around, car boot sales, etc. Never had a full collection at all by that point, far from it, but had, you know, a good 20 or so figures um, and loved them. And then, you, as you see, you, you pick them up from car boot sales, you get a couple of doubles now and again, you think, well, I'm not going to leave it there for 20p, I'm going to take it, uh, even if it is a Ric Flair or a jumper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, see what we can do with it. And then um, that Ric Flair, yeah, became a gold dust. And as I say, I was hooked. And even even to creating, um, I can remember, God, I don't even know if it's still there now, creating a, uh, how to create, how to customize a Hasbro tutorial <laughs> on the WrestleFigs forum that, back yeah. in the 2000s. That was madness. That, know, then seeing how, where we are now with the likes of you and Tippy, uh, Tommy was kicking about for a while when I was doing it. But then uh, Adrian, that, and as you, as you say, Big Dog, there's so many incredibly good customizers out there now to the point where we're not talking about people giving little paint jobs and things like that. We're talking about some really sophisticated, um, really well-thought-out designed figures, whether it's a case of using magnets or not, whether it's a case of the kind of head changes that have taken part here. People are shrinking and resizing parts through um, it's, through resin. It's mad. It's mad. Uh, yeah, that, uh, and I keep saying that, and I think the tagline on my like Instagram page is "The only limitation is your imagination." To be honest, mint, and it's, mint, and and, it, and it's something like you're saying there. It's I started off, and I I'm not going to lie. It took me about a year and a half before I'd popped a figure. Mm-hmm. I literally split a figure in two. You know oh, I mean? same here. It took it ages because yeah. I just didn't trust myself. And I, I never done it, mate. So if I needed to like change your arm, what I do is I just take a hacksaw to it and I'd, I'd find a way of molding it on. Yeah, completely, completely, like just time consuming. Considering I could break it and get it, and then take the arms out and change it. But like Mike Jackson was doing it all the time, whereas I wasn't. So all my figures when I started off, I was like, no, nah, they need to have actions. They need to do this. And then it was only once I kind of furthered in the line. Realised that people were only too fussed about having the actions because they were yeah. only going to put them. They were going to go on a shelf or they were mm-hmm. going to go in a cupboard, uh, and that was it. So, for all of my first good, I'd say about a year, year and a half, maybe two, 
like they were they were just that there was there was no popping. The only things I'd change would be like the heads and the legs. Mm-hmm. And upset everything else was the torso stayed the same and I just had the auto it because I never had a clue. And to be honest, there's still stuff that I don't know. And that's I get to the stage and I still speak to Mike kind of every couple of days and do stuff and it's like, mate, I want to do this. Is this the way you're doing it? And like I said, I've only just started cracking torsos. Whereas people were doing this back in 13 years, 14 years now. And I'm, I still see myself as massive novice, the way you're just learning every every time you try and make something new or every time I have a crazy idea, that was it. And before, like when we talk about getting into customs, so it was always just that I bought, I made them for me. I didn't make yeah. them for anyone else. I made them because I wanted a Captain Lou Albano because I'd never seen one done. Mm-hmm. I wanted like a Rick, uh, a Rick Rude, which was better than a Hasbro because the Hasbro pissed me off. So I wanted them to have a better pose. And then it was only then people like, go would you sell? And I'd, probably like yourself, I never had that confidence to turn and say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll sell it. I was always like, oh, these are shite. They're not any good until more people ask you. And going back to like kind of where customs and stuff, did, Kyle Customs didn't start until 2018, November. Right. I'd made I'd made myself a heart foundation. Yeah. I made a Jim the Anvil knife heart, uh, my own mould, made in my own head and all that stuff. And it was just there, and I was like, right, I love this. Got a card done by uh, Hasbro Mania, it's got that. And Bret Hart was going to the Comic-Con in Edinburgh in November. So I got tickets, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to get him to sign this. I'll take it down. I mean, all I've ever seen is Bret Hart on telly. Never been to a wrestling show in my life, just seen it on telly, done all that stuff. I'll get to meet Bret Hart, get him to sign my figure, and that'll be it. And went down there. Got me sign my figure, made Bret Hart smile, which I, I never knew it was possible. You know? <laughs> and from what I'm hearing, probably doesn't know happen very much either. Yeah. And, and he smiled, and I thought, you know what? Bret Hart's looking at this figure going, that's brilliant. And he said to me, he goes, these are better than Hasbro. And he was talking, and he'd asked me like how I'd made them and all the rest of the stuff. And because I'd obviously made Jim, he was just like tuned into it and so into the figures. And I thought, you know what? I might have something here. Yeah. And when I walked away, some guy approached me and he said, mate, where did you buy them? I said, no, I bought them. I, I made them. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, right, here's my card. He says, I'm, I'm in the process. I'm, and I don't know if this ever happened, as in the, the programme-wise. He says, I'm in the process of making, or in talks to make a, a documentary on Owen Hart. Right. And I was like, I was like, all right, mate. And he goes, would you be interested in making like, a figure or different figures through his, his time, you know what I mean, the, the different stages, and you know I mean, like, and I was like, mate, I, I did this on my kitchen table, but I, and he said to me, he goes, oh, have you got a business card? And I, I laughed at him, <laughs> and, I, and I said, mate, I make these on my kitchen room table, you know what I mean, I make them on my dining table, I've not got a yeah. business card, I said, I can give you my email if that's any good to you, so he gave me his card, and I went home and I spoke to my missus, and she was like, so what did you say to him? I said, <laughs> I just laughed in his face and said, mate, I make these on my kitchen table. <laughs> and she's like, right, that's not a good start, is it? So it was at that point then where she went, why do you not start a, an Instagram page? Uh-huh. I was like, why do I want to start that? One, I don't go near Instagram. Two, I don't have a clue what I'm doing on Instagram. And three, Eddie's going to want to see pictures of figures. 
so I, so I started it and hence the reason why it's called Kyle Customs with a K is because I tried Kyle Customs and obviously somebody did that so I had to go right let's try Ricky and it worked and I thought fuck I'm stuck with it now you know what I mean so <laughs> <laughs> but that's where that's where the Kyle Customs part started mate but apart from that prior to that I'd sold like a few figures but nothing for like any major price I just sold them because people wanted them so in theory mate to be perfectly honest with you by the time I took any parts and everything else I was getting them away for nothing or yeah. I was losing money but I was getting them away because people wanted them for a collection and the, and I thought that it would bring that nostalgia like cheer back to them so I just kind of and Fiery gave them away. Yeah. But yeah, that's where, that's where it all started for me. So it's, it's quite a weird one because, like I said, I kind of stopped watching wrestling and within the wrestling scene for maybe 20 years. Sucks you back in, man. It's in your blood. You can't get it out. Oh, that's, that's it. I, that's, I don't know if I'm in right now. It's like NWE, Impact Wrestling, everything's on record on the Skybox now, isn't it? So. Yeah, that's, it's, it's difficult not to kind of... Uh... It's difficult to avoid it now, like you know. If uh... yeah, and that's it. It's it's, it's everywhere, but but I think I can't remember if it's on this podcast or one I listened to when I'm driving to work, and it was just saying that the, the, the time now is we're at that time in wrestling now where we probably were back in early WWF, NWA, WCW. Do you know what? So the mm-hmm. your two cracking products, and it was good rather than just one main product destroying everything and like all these other wee products not really doing too much. And I think we're at that stage now where you've got AWE, then you've got Impact coming back and getting some big names on it. Then WWF is coming back on it, sell a wee bit and it's everything else is chasing it now and, and it'll all come around the big times again where they'll all get bothered by WWF and it'll go back to square one again. It's just, that's the thing. It's it's really really interesting uh, where we are with things. As you say, AEW moving and shaking. You've kind of got the New Japan uh, on all all cylinders again, and I think they're going to sort of you know make some noise again over the next couple of years. You've got WWE NXT. You've got NWA. Weirdly, you just um, deleted all of their YouTube footage, so that could either mean that they've decided to call it a day, which I doubt, or they've. Um, They've kind of joined forces, and there's some of the rumours going around at the moment that they might have joined with Impact. Yeah, um, and, and, it's all rumours. And, and that's the thing, mate. What I like now is the whole kind of AEW Impact crossovers. Yeah, because because that happened years ago. I mean, if you look at like when NWCW, like Road Warriors, who like are my favourite tag team or whatsoever, they would do stints there, and then they would go to Japan yeah, and just absolutely. fight Japan. And then, same as like Steiners, they would all go out there and they would come back again and nobody was really bothered. Whereas yep. now you're getting this crossover between NWA, sorry, AEW and then Impact and back and forth in it. And it's good to watch. because It's, what, it's not a million miles away from the territory days though, is it? You know, territories uh-huh. where you had like, they're all kind of working together to sort of share their talent. They were all moving around each other. And you've got AEW who are featuring any uh, NWA title matches. Yeah. Um, and talent, along with, as you say, the impact crossover. So all three of them are kind of like uh, linked in a little bit, which I think is a really good approach when you, you know, when you when the main competition, I suppose, or the people who've been there the longest, are um, well, I say not the longest, sorry, because you don't want to, at least in its carnation that it is these days. You've got the uh, the machine that is WWE, so. It makes sense to work together, doesn't it? And uh, you know, sort of share talent and share 
share theories <laughs> and philosophies. That's it, and it's like it's like going it when you want to load into a gang. What did you do? You made your own gang, didn't you? <laughs> so you just gather gather a few people of different gangs, and made your own gang. So it's just yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. And, it, and it's, I think it's it's a good time in that as well, and especially for wrestling figures for no, the ones that are, the ones that are coming out now is just outstanding. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Well, in terms, we've got a, got a couple of questions I thought we'd jump into, mate, and we'll jump into sort of a couple of questions uh, from listeners alongside a couple that tie into what we already had down, man. Um, one of the questions that came in from a guy called Big Bongos, Big Bongos came in through the, um, he's, I know he's a listener via the website. Um, he's asked the question, outside of Hasbro heads, what's the best size head from another line to fit on a Hasbro body. So if you like, I'm guessing you must be a, a, a customizer or training to be. Um, so outside of Hasbro heads, what heads would you suggest to use if you want to use different characters? What heads fit best on Hasbro bodies other than Hasbro heads? Mate, I would love to be a straight down the line, bang right out the pocket, cracking answer. However, <laughs> I have got like a toolbox full of heads that are either too action, small. Action figure heads. You just, want to get, you just want to say action figure heads. Not, no, no, not, mate. Normal heads. Not, not real. Just, just, yeah, don't tell the police now. No, <laughs> mate, I have got... Yeah, I, could, I don't even know how many are in there. And it, and it's that reason. So someday, like, I've just finished Paul Ondorf there. Uh, and I, I looked in my tub and I've got a Paul Ondorf head. But it's massive. But my drama is because... I think it's probably because I never... I missed that big massive collecting period where like Jacks, uh, kind of Mattel, BCA. So because I missed collecting him, I wasn't really sure of the sizes, and I'm still with that now. So when it comes to it, normally what I'll do is I'll either message Mike and say, "Mate, I need a head for this. What's the best one?" And he'll say, "Probably a Mattel or a Jacks or a BCA or something along those lines." So unfortunately, mate. It doesn't really work that way because I've had it's a weird one. I've had some Mattels where they come, and I've got a Randy Orton, which is probably the size of my pinky. I don't even know where the figure that came from. Just a wee pinhead. Then the next Mattel figure you'll get, he's he's got a bigger head, so it's kind of a tough one. So I I, I kind of look on eBay or Edward Bay or whatever way you want to class them these days, <laughs> and uh, I look on there and I just think to myself, right, that looks a sensible size. I think a lot of the time we the Jacks figures, they were massive. I think the heads were massive as well. So nightmare to work with. Nightmare to work with. I mean ah, yeah. pre head pre pre head scan BCA stuff, the stuff that you know, Hasbro's had better face and head scans than the than the vast majority of BCAs, uh, before the real head scan stuff. Some of it was just ridiculous. So some BCA heads are a decent size, but they look nothing like anybody. That's the problem you've got. Then when you get into TTL heads, some of them are decent sizes, but then when you get into Jack's um, RA, like you say, like the classics, the RA line, they're, they're far too big, vast majority of them anyway. Yeah, and that's and that's it. Some of them I just think to myself, what, one, because like I said, I've got just a box of heads, and I think, wonder what size this figure was. For me to have a head this size, yeah, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. And like everybody's doing haku figures, and and the, the earlier ha- and I, and everybody loves a haku figure. And I mean, Brian's right. finished one, and yeah. and Brian's found this head, but the head that everybody was using prior to that is the screaming haku. Yeah, 
but it's massive and it doesn't fit on anybody. But because it's only one, it doesn't fit on Jack's body. And that's it. And because it was only Haku head that was kicking about, everybody was using it. So, to be honest, it's all big bongos. I I can't really say, mate. What I would suggest you do is the majority of like kind of Mattel elites are basics, I find, are a decent size. Yeah, I Uh, I would probably say stay away from Jack's uh, because a lot of the time they're just huge. But I can. To be honest, mate, it really depends on what body you're going to put on because if you're going to put on a bigger body and you're going to bulk it out, like I done with Fader, so it was a Hogan, then I made him fatter and bigger, mm-hmm. you could have probably got away with putting a different size head on. Because I, I used Typhoon because Typhoon's head fitted that body. Yeah. So I would probably say your basics or your elite figures for Mattel are probably your best bets. I'd absolutely agree with that. I think... As well, linked to that, because as you said there, it can kind of just vary in size depending on what figure it's coming off. Like you said about Randy Orton's, had like several different size craniums. Um, the, the same kind of thing applies as well. I'd say uh, WCW Toy Biz are a decent line as well, depending on who you're using. Some of the heads work really well because of the size of the figures. Some I've used of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the good thing about them is I've used a couple with the WCW Toy Biz, and the good thing with some of them is they have, the, they have a neck peg. That's right, yeah. So you, You've got you a real neck, you don't have to mould it. Yeah, so you've got the neck, which is brilliant, so it saves you a lot of time moulding it. Plus, it has a wee, it has the peg, which goes inside. That's right. So it's fit, and you can swivel them and all that stuff. So I know one of those, WCW toy, but it's brilliant figures. So, I mean, like, said Justice cracking head on it. Incredible. I think, uh, who's the other one? Rick Steiner, brilliant yep. head. I think Wrath's like a great one. I love the Wrath figure as well. Vampiro, yeah, yeah, another, another cracking. If you look at Scott Steiner, terrible head. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, so it's kind of like right. peaks and troughs where you get some cracking heads or they're just terrible and they don't look like anyone. So it's, it's one of your ones, mate. You do a, do a Google search. Uh, normally when I'm searching for stuff, I just type in, let's just say, Sid Justice figure. And it'll come up and I'll be like, right, that's the head I want. Does it look like the right size? Mm-hmm. Right, I'll go on and I'll, I'll try and buy it. And if I don't, and it comes and it's too big. It goes in my box, and one day I'll get rid of all the, the heads that I don't want. Yeah. There's always trades to be had with other people, aren't there? Because other people might be making other, other size figures. They might, you know, they might be interested in picking up what you've got. I think um, you've nailed it. Like uh, some of the heads, some of the Toy Biz heads were, for, for me, I've always, always hated the Hogan WCW heads. Like always hated them with a passion. Oh, I, I thought. That toy bear's head, you know, that sort of like sort of cartoon, the huge glasses usually, huge goggles he's got got on. Uh, yeah, really the strange hairdo. Kind of NWA Hollywood, sorry, NWO Hollywood Hogan, but I just think the glasses make it look stupid. You're right. I absolutely agree yeah. with you. It looks terrible. It's, it's just that type of figure that it doesn't suit him. Yeah. And talk about P-heads, pinheads. Booker T and Stevie Ray, man. <laughs> they've got they've got really tiny heads when yeah, you consider some, how big those dudes are. I was going to say, I can turn on the head in the body. <laughs> the yeah, it just doesn't work. Sometimes you just think, what was going through people's heads when they were like designing figures? Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, got another question here from Just Wrestle. Just Wrestle asks, would you consider molding Hasbro parts to sell? Um, I'm guessing that means individual parts like legs, arms, things like that. Obviously, you make figures in full, but would you consider moulding? I'm guessing he means like casting and moulding, you know, additional yeah, parts so and sort of spares and things like that. Yeah, so what he means is obviously by taking, like, let's just say, 
I'm sitting here right now next to my desk. So I set a Hogan in arms, casting it in silicone, mm-hmm. ready to pour mold resin in so that you could pull out a complete like Hogan arm, which you could use, or like he's saying, for sale. Would I do it to sell? No, to be honest. One, I'm finding now, it's just like I've, I've bought loads of kit to do the resin stuff, and that's really just to kind of save my, not to save myself time, but with the prices of everything that up on eBay, if you're making something for someone, they don't want to be paying 20 quid straight off the bat just for one figure. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Before you start needing the like five different figures to make one figure. So I thought, right, I'll buy the kit to, to mould like certain parts and certain arms and legs that I, I use quite frequently. But I wouldn't sell them because no necessarily it's competition or not. I just don't have the time. Right now I've got like a list of parts that I need to silicone mould myself, cast myself for future customs. And I just can't find the time in the day to do it. So don't get me wrong, if I never had a job and I never worked and this was solely like a job or a way, a function to get through life, then yeah, definitely, because you would have all the time in the world to, to cast, make and sell. But when it's a hobby and it's stuff that you can only squeeze in maybe an hour a day, then yeah. sell it. You know what I mean? Sounds good, sounds good. Uh, Mikey Reds <coughs> asks, do you ever... Uh, do you ever set yourself any strict rules such as no decals or no, or sorry, or only Hasbro parts uh, to use? So do you ever set yourself any strict rules before you start a custom, um, whether it's either to challenge yourself, I'm guessing, or whether to, um, or whether that's just the way that you believe what, what you should be using or what you should be doing? So such as like no decals or only Hasbro parts, anything like that? I would say the only rule that I have right now is I don't make female wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the only reason why I don't do it is one, there's not enough Hasbro bodies to that you could transfer and change into a woman without making her look like, like a huge bodybuilder. Yeah. So that's why the reason why I stay away from it. And to be honest, there's no there is more heads coming out now from like the likes of Mattel and Jazzware and stuff, but there's not enough kicking about the market where you can take a head, adopt it and change it. And to be honest, yeah. a Barbie doll head doesn't look the same on a Hasbro body. Uh, you know no, I, mean? I completely understand. Yeah. So yeah, you are limited. You're basically limited, aren't you? With yeah, what's being mass, available on mass, the mass market. Even, yeah, that'll change further than the line where people are like 3D printing and people are designing their own. So that's right. That, that's right. That will change further than the line and, and we'll be able to change bodies as well because, excuse me, all the new retro figures and the new like cello toy figures and stuff like that that come out the bodies will appear, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. at some point in the line, yes, I'll probably do females, but right now, that's one of them. Uh, other restrictions I put myself, it was never a restriction, so I, I always, I have always hand-painted stuff, uh, and no necessarily to, to kind of say, oh, hand-paint stuff, it's better than yours. One, I never knew what decals were. Mm-hmm. I never knew how to use them. I never knew how to print them off. I never knew how to buy them. I never knew anything about. But I knew that I had paint. I knew I had a brush. And I knew I had figures. So I could do it that way. Do you know what I'm saying? So Absolutely the same here. I just never yes. knew back then when I was doing it. I didn't have a clue how to do it. I didn't have a printer, let alone the acetone paper or whatever you needed to kind of... Uh, yeah. What do you call that sort of... Um, that, I don't even know what you call it. That, the, <laughs> no, the... I'm the same, mate. And do you know what? <laughs> to this day... I still don't know what I mean. And then, uh, the only time I've used 
decals on figures is for mainly Hogan's when people have asked for to do it with decals rather than hand paint it. Yep. And then I'm in the process of making Enzo retro like a uh, figure. Yep. And I've bought decals for that because I think it'll make it different from there. But apart from that, I like I like painting and I like the end product. I like painting because I don't like a lot of my warrior figures and like my warrior jacket figures. I don't think in my head that I can do it justice until I'm halfway through it and then I finish it and I go, you've done it justice, brilliant. Yep, I'll, I get you completely I'm, with that. Yeah, and I'm constantly learning how to paint. So in theory, I'm teaching myself how to paint while I'm painting. Whereas decals, it takes me the same amount of time to do it, cut them, put them on, leave it 24 hours, let it dry, repaint over the decal. In that period of time, I could have probably painted the majority of figure, or if not, the same details, do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. I think it all depends. And I think it's the, whatever product, actually, some people don't like decals. Some people want decals. Some people want hand-painted. So... When I first started, I was like, no decals or no decal, and I want to be different. I want to hand paint. But now I'm like, if somebody says to me, can I get this and can you put decals on it? Who am I to turn around and say no? I mean, it's just one of the ones I'm like, if I can get decals for it, and you want decals because it's at the end of the day, it's your figure that you're going to own, mm-hmm. then yes, I'm happy with it. I mean, uh, so. I don't really have any limitations, mate, or anything that stops me from doing anything. I'll take on any challenge if I think I'll do it. But what I, sorry, actually now I'm thinking, I do have things that I won't do. I won't do, or I don't like doing, making people's kids. Right. So I get asked that quite a lot, and the reason why I don't like doing it, the same goes back to why I don't like doing females, is it's hard to make someone's kid without them looking like a 45-year-old bodybuilder. Yeah. So that would probably be my, my kind of only limit where I'm like, do you know what? I won't do a figure unless I think it resembles that person. So if, it, if it's going to make him look 45 and on roids and he's only seven on wheat bit, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's, I'm not doing it. So that would probably be my my only time I would say no, that's where my limit is, and it's probably if I can't get a resemblance of a kid or an adult, I won't do it. I can understand I just, that, though. Just not, the sake of it. It's not just like what what that person wants at the end of the day. I mean, it, whilst it is majority that if you know if, if you've got a customer who wants X, Y, or Z, at the same time, it's your reputation as well, and it's about. You know, if you're cheering out a figure and you think I'm not really keen on that at all because, for one, it looks like you know Brock Lesnar's seven-year-old or vice versa. Even yeah. um, it doesn't it doesn't quite work, does it? And you might you know you don't necessarily dare I say want that stigma attached either of uh, or that that's that guy who makes um, random customs and they're, they're all massively unproportioned and they don't look how they should look. Not that anybody would really think that, but it's your own perception sometimes of what you think people might think. Um, yeah. And as and, you said, there you the nailed thing. it. When you when you, you're only halfway through a custom, <clears> that's, it's only at that point when you start appreciating what you're making because that first half of the custom, you know, it looks nothing like it, and you're like, it'll get there, it'll get there. Come on, perseverance. <laughs> yeah. And eventually, and, and like, yeah, and like I keep saying, mate, you you could sit and easily churn out shite constantly, mm-hmm. uh, and you could probably churn out five bits of shite to one amazing product. But what would you rather? Like you were just saying, now would you rather have that reputation to be? 
turning out five bits of shit or one perfect piece. Completely uh, agree. Completely uh, agree. And, and that's the way, I think that's my mindset of just going, you know what, I, I won't send something at the door. And I've stood here as I've been packing things in a box and I might pack them in a different light from where I've painted them, notice something, then have to fix it because I don't want to go to a customer and then they might have one tiny wee line. <laughs> So it's it's kind of it's that stage, mate. But yes, it's it's all about reputation. But yeah, there's no really much limitations I'll have apart from I won't do it unless I, I can make a resemblance of that person. With um, you you mentioned there as well in in, in regards to current sort of well or brand new should I say, uh, independent toy makers who are bringing some things out. You mentioned cello there. Uh, we've got a question here from somebody called Roller Dice. And their question is, with the rise of uh, Cella and Zombie, do you think Mattel will bring back retros? So uh, I'm, I'm guessing, obviously, you know, they're, they're independent companies and whether or not they're on Mattel's radar, or I've got no idea. But let's be honest, Mattel employees are quite happy to kind of um, chatter on social media these days with other sort of wrestlers who collect. And, you know, yeah. the, the, collection, the collector scene and the people, you know, employees from the likes of Mattel, it all kind of blends in now, so I'm, I'm assuming that uh, Cheller and Zombie will be on certain employees' radars. Um, so, yeah, the question being, do you think there's much scope for Mattel coming back now that they can see that there's a desire for that size and scale figure? Mate, they, they know that those figures are out, and they know that the chatter is there of how excited people are. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I'll be posting a picture in a couple of days, I mean, the Caldus figures that I finally got through, and uh, yeah, tight. I've not had time to unwrap them, and that's the sat in boxes for about a week or so. And and it's just that that first time. I mean, I've got two. I've got one where he's signed it, and then I've got another one which I'm going to rip open and customize. I mean, and <laughs> and I'm and it's that going back to when you're a kid. So people are seeing this chatter, and now with like Dynamite Kid, and you've got the new Dino Bravo coming. Mattel yeah. are sitting there going, right, one with Mister Strick. However, I think that the I think they've done it wrong. I mean, and and this goes back to like probably in the states of people trying to find certain retros in here by churning them out and setting them in like toy stores, ten a penny. I mean, how many gold bugs or gill bugs have you came across still sat on the shelves? Yeah, man, you're right. And it, so they probably look at that and go, "Oh, these aren't selling. Nobody's buying them. This is rubbish." Whereas if they done or, or if they do what. Zombies Den, Chella's doing, uh, and who was the other one? It's the the one that's just done Switchblade. Is it Nerd oh, Toys? Um, it's, I think uh, it's Nerd. It's Nerd. nerd, oh, nerd, 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 nerd the, the Switchblade, yeah, Nerd have um, done the done the or they're about to. I don't know if they've released it yet or what the what they say where, where they're at with it. I'm not quite sure. Oh no, I've said but Nerd, yeah, nerd I've Clothing. Seen, yeah, Nerd Clothing. So they're bringing Nerd, but they're all doing it correctly. Right. So they're, they're pushing it out there, saying right. What's what's the the interest in this? They've already signed the person too, but they, they push out and they're right, interest yeah. is there. Right, where can you buy it? Like Jello Toys, where you can go on Instagram and get it. Oh, oh can I can I not get it at a shop? No, you can go on Instagram and get it, or you can go on his website and get it. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're not necessarily limiting a number of toys, because you can do a limited one, let's push you a thousand and see what it's like and then bring it back and forth. So I think if Mattel go down that route of all the legends that they've got signed to WWF contracts right now, push out these names, say, right, there's either a limited run or 
you can buy them online from WWE or you can buy them from online from certain other outlets, but they won't be sold in your entertainer or your WH Smith or somewhere else that will sell them or B&Ms. Because as soon as they hit their shops, yes, they're easy access and you can get them. However, they just sit there. And I think and, the problem is, like, with, with like without turning it into a Mattel Retros kind of uh, full-on discussion, because we could, let's be honest, go on forever right, about this one. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, I think questions have to be asked about who was given the go-ahead for this line in terms of not just some of the styles that we use in terms of the moulds, but why on earth were we were getting some of the characters that we were getting when we were churning and crying out for characters of all that didn't get them at the time. Because let's be honest, really, the only people buying those figures were the people who collected Hasbro's or, you know, of nostalgia ilk at the very least. Yeah. There wasn't many people outside of that very bothered about collecting those figures. I don't believe anyway. There might have been some. There's always exceptions yeah. to And I, I believe that's who it was aimed at, to be honest with you. I don't think it was aimed at kids. It wasn't. It was aimed at collectors and people who... But why Why on earth? Would, and, and this is no offence to the New Day, and it's no offence to Undertaker or Shawn Michaels, but New Day didn't fit into that timeline. Undertaker already had at least one figure out and a couple of repaints. Shawn Michaels had, again, a couple of figures out and a repaint on top. Why are we getting figures... Why? Why? Why not dip into the treasure trove of Legends contracts who didn't have Hasbro's who would fit into that timeline. And that, yeah. that's what's always bothered me. And I think, to be honest, that's where they've tripped themselves up. I'm not saying they would have sold hundreds of thousands of, you know, um, of, of Dino Bravos at the time, but yeah. there would have been enough interest from the collectors to the point where I think that they would have sold a hell of a lot of them compared to a dropkick Goldberg. Yeah, and I think that once or if they do come back off the hiatus, uh, they don't need to go down some form of route that way. Either they should. I don't think they will. I don't legends. think they'll ever learn. Nah, I don't. To be honest, I, I don't think they'll they'll make a return. I think they'll be now put on ice completely, and maybe somewhere down the line, ten years time or five years time, we might get a special edition retro figure. Uh, and it might be something along those lines. But I, I think Mattel might just sit back now and, and watch these other companies and then see from there. And it's, a shame. Once... it's a shame because it could be a fun, you know, if Mattel did come back with theirs. I mean, what it would mean is there would be an interesting price point for people to keep their eyes on because, you know, prices are very different. But it would be very, it would be great for collectors if Mattel were knocking out retros, Chell were knocking out stuff, Zombie were knocking out stuff. And nerds, you know, picked up a few more contracts yeah. as well. I mean, that would be <clears throat> tremendous. It's it's incredible for for companies. And to be fair, out of the names that I've mentioned, there we've only seen figures from Chella yet, um, other than retro, or, or other than Metro, uh, Mattel's retros. And yeah. I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy to see where they're going to go with it because it's 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 not just a pipe dream anymore. It's not just a you know a, a pre order anymore. We know that they can deliver, which is great, which is really, really yeah. fun. So there's a uh, lot of think, lot of fun for collectors coming up, you know, <coughs> both sides of the pond. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think until you've stuff. got competition, though, that you don't up your game, mate. You think, yeah. like, right now, I've kind of sat started for a while, and now we, Jazz, we are coming through with the W figures. They're now sitting going, ah, right. So who knows? They might come back, but I very much doubt it. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a very good point. And now I know that I sent a couple of questions your way earlier on, mate, because I didn't want to kind of put you on the spot with these biggies. So and I don't know if you had a chance to ever think about them. But it kind of ties in as well to a couple of other questions that we've had 
for example, uh, Brothers, part one of Brothers' question, uh, HWO Brothers, is um, yes. he said, uh, out, of all the, out of all of your fantastic customs you've made for, for um, commissions so far, which one is your favourite or the hardest to let go of? Um, so, and that kind of like to ties into also what are your top three customs that you've personally made for other people? Because I know that we had that as a question. So I'll tie those two questions in together. So your um, your favourite custom that you've ever made and you found it hard to let go of, and uh, where's you know, and and your top three to boot. Right, because obviously it's, it's, it's came from brothers and that kind of good segues in here. So brothers one. So when I, this shows how much faith I had in, like, Kyle Customs, once I hit 1,000 followers, I thought, this is amazing. I didn't think I would ever do anything like that. So I basically made an Ultimate Warrior uh, slip back hair. I can't remember the attire, uh, but it was, a, it was an amazing piece. Of, I, I used dog's head changed or adjusted it and and put it on warrior's body painted it all it was amazing i'd done a card with it and i made it a competition so i just said like whoever's interested tag to your pals and i'll give this away and it was on a card so ultimate warrior figure in a card a special edition on the corner said 1000 followers cow customs winner and brothers won it and that's how i Started talking to brothers, yeah, because he won it. Then all of a sudden, it was from there. So I would say that was one of my favourites because it was at a time where I made that not for myself, but I made it off my own back because I wanted to see what it would look like. It turned out amazing. Now I would change your head on it different, and I would do some different style and stuff. But with that card, to give that away for nothing was like not the hardest thing to do because it was for nothing, but just because. I put so much into it and for what it was for and because it was like the first thousand followers that I had, mm-hmm. that's probably one of the harder ones just to kind of give away. But to be honest, everyone that comes off my table and I look at it and I'm like, that is a belter. It's hard to put it in a box and send it to somebody. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I would I would probably say, so his figure that he, that he owns, uh, I'll try and get for whenever this goes online, I'll try and get I'll try and put it up on some of my pages and we show it again for the 1,000 followers. But I would probably say his one was the hardest one just to, to hand off. Sweet. Uh, no, a, well, he does actually mention <coughs> on, on the back of the uh, the question, brothers says, um, you know, he's been flying the Kyle Customs flag since day one. It's been a pleasure to watch you grow from strength to strength. And as soon as the pandemic's safely behind us all, a HWO meetup is much needed, which I couldn't agree more with, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's to be fun. And Posse wants me to sign a card as well. Just <laughs> that's what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, in case I got a job in my tail or something, and that's it. That's he wants something signed. <laughs> but no, so that, that's that one, mate. And it's hard to... People ask you all the time and say, like, what's your favourite custom? What's your best one you've ever done? And and sometimes your best one is, is, is there. And the next one off your table is your best one. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'd probably say one of my favourite ones, and still to this day, and I've got two sat staring at me right now, all primed up, ready to paint, is my Max Moon figure. Right, okay. Because it's very random, isn't it? Because That's a beauty. Max, I know exactly which one you mean. It's an absolute yeah. stunning piece. Max Moon was like absolute shit concept. You know what I mean? Terrible concept for it. Have a, like, 
a wrestler from outer space and he came <laughs> and he was, and it was just it was terrible but it was the best <laughs> but be, yeah but because he's colours he was the most like as some other podcasts say the most toyetic toy that WWF could have put out yeah but they never done it never did so when I when I do him and the very first one I made there I just loved it because the colours are there and the action suited, the head worked perfect, and everything fitted. And that's probably one of my favourites because I must admit, it's one of the ones that I constantly get asked to make because, yeah. one, you never see them. Two, it's something different. And the end product and the colours just make a figure pop. And I think that's one of my top three. Uh, really weird question linked to that. And maybe it, it, it doesn't, you, you've never thought about it. You don't, you don't care either way. But when you were when you were making the figure, were you looking at um, were you looking at photos and um, promo shots to make that of when Conan was playing it, when Paul Diamond was Max Moon? Because obviously he had a couple no. of different people under the mask. Did it? No, did did, did it not matter? No, so I, I never really like. I don't really remember Conan ever been in that suit. I, mean, I know the whole stories behind it, then, but I've looked into pictures. I think there's like I think he's wrestled like one or two matches or something as Max Moon then decided no it's not for me or whatever it may have been so for me it was always Paul Diamond I mean it was always uh, and that's no it was always just him so even when I look through the pictures and try and get everything specific to that person it's him and and that's it and even ahead I use it it's it reminds me of him and it looks like him so it's always Paul Diamond and and to be honest mate Paul Diamond is (laughs) random as anything he has got a photo on his phone of my custom figure of him. Amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I sent something to the, I sent a figure and a card, a carded figure to the States for him to sign it. And he, and he says, oh yeah, to the guys, he goes, oh, this figure's amazing, but look at this one. And then he walked out his phone and it was pictures of my figure and the guy went, it's the same guy. He says, that's, that's the same guy that made the ones in your pictures, and they done me a video and saying these customs are amazing. I've got it signed, and he signed me a signed eight by ten and stuff or A four, whatever way you want to class it. But yeah, so Maxman's probably one of my favourite ones, and it's the worst to this day of just painting it. It's it looks a, it's it, honestly it's a stunning piece. It really is. It's one of the better ones, and there's a few people who've attempted it over the years, and it's and yours. It's just it's stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, I, I completely agree with your sentiments about Paul Diamond as well. We were lucky enough to get him on the show last year, and he's an absolute—he literally is a diamond. He's such a nice, nice guy. Um, just wonderful guy to get on, and what a character that that pretty. I mean, way Kato was it was a was a cool enough concept in my opinion. I don't think Orient Express get enough love ever from anybody. Yeah, they they don't, um, but they were a great heel, and, and nobody realizes it was it was him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, under that mask. That's exactly right. Everybody, I think everybody assumed it was uh, another pretend, you know, Asian. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Nah. And they were uh, like, no, nah, we're not messing about it. We're just having this guy here and put a mask on him. <laughs> yeah. He'll do. He'll do the trick. Yeah, he'll do. Uh, my other two will be, I would say, going back to earlier on about the whole painting thing, is my latest one that's came off my table was my WrestleMania 7 Warrior. Because yes. just that, that, like like I said earlier on, Sting, Warrior, LOD, they were my three favourites now. And hyperactive guys, loud, colourful, that was it, that was sold. So painting these jackets, 
when he came back with these dusters, I always loved his, his attire anyway because it was neon, it was bright, and it was always different. So you know, sometimes you would see him with like knee pads from one fight, but boots for a different one, and he would mix and match. I think he just picked out whatever clean like washing he had in his bag and put it on. So there's loads of different styles we wore there, but with the jackets for the bigger events like Summer Slams and, and Mania, they were amazing. See that that spray paint art. I can there's a certain artist who does them all, and they were just stunning. And I remember as a kid just looking at them, going, "Those are the, the artwork is amazing." So trying to get that artwork and place it onto a six inch figure is hard. Yeah, but worth it. So when I finished the the WrestleMania Seven Warrior, with his knee pads and his trunks all painted, and then his full like jacket or well, his duster like the Americans call it it was just so right now that's that's one of my favourite it's, it's sitting in my garage in my cupboard there just oh, every time I look at it I want to turn that around because obviously everything's on the back and when I when I sit and like you were saying the other one they look at pictures study pictures <laughs> videos everything I try and get right down here the smallest detail that I can find to put on a figure because I think it makes a difference and that Warrior 7 is just from the top to the bottom, it's just a figure that I love, to be honest. And uh, it was for a customer, and a customer had the product because of COVID and stuff. So I haven't sold it, and I'm not sure if I will, to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, pulling on your heartstrings a bit, is it? Oh, it's just, mate, the amount of time and effort that goes into them. I mean, Absolutely. some of them, some of them are, I'm not going to lie, some of them I can't be asked doing because I'm like, I don't like this figure, I don't like this wrestler, I don't like the style of it, I don't like the attire the person's chose. Mm-hmm. And you're just going through the emotions because somebody yeah. wants it. Then there's other ones where, like SummerSlam, when I done the British Bulldog for SummerSlam '92, yeah, when I put my heart and soul in there because SummerSlam '92 was amazing. Mm-hmm. I watched it all the time. It just made me go back and watch it constantly so I could pick details out. So when you get to a figure like that, they, they become your favourite. I think the more yeah. I was putting into a figure, I think that becomes it. Makes a lot of sense. Makes an absolute lot of sense. And I suppose it kind of segues a bit into the other question that we asked you as well, dude, is um, if you had to pick... Well, I'll tell you what, we don't have to do top three, but if you pick... You, have you got a favourite custom? You can say three if you want, um, if you've got three. But have you got any favourites from other customisers? Um, anything particular for people that you could advise people to go and check out if they haven't seen them already that are three of your favourites who other people have made? Yeah, someone... <laughs> When you asked me that, i just go back to my other one. My, la- my final top three was my Fiend figure that I made uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, amazing, love that figure. But not even a year and a half ago, probably about a year ago. Absolutely love that figure. So jump on either Instagram or Twitter and you'll see it. It's one of the favourite figures and I didn't want to sell it and then I ended up selling it and knew I regret it. Uh, <laughs> and it's terrible. But for me, mate, uh, like I said, when I came into customs, a lot of people were doing them. They weren't the great, but they, they were kind of, they were there and it was looking at them. And I would always see certain ones. Then I came across, obviously we were talking about Mel on, but Tommy Customs. Yep. I think he's down as, I don't know if it's Tommy Customs straight off or it's Customs with Attitude, Tommy's Customs with Attitude. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of message. Just it used in. to be Tommy, Tommy Coholic back in the day. Yeah, so he's um, been going for like 13, maybe longer. Oh, he's been going uh, for a long, long time. Arguably longer. I think the first time I started speaking to him must have been around 
I want to say early mid two thousands, and that that'll have been the first time I started sort of um, having a little bit of a chinwag with him. So I'd say it's it's I've been talking to him for at least fifteen years, and um, and I think we've I don't know how much earlier than than that he'd been customizing for. I'd been customizing for about six or seven years before that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he'd have been the same. Mate, um, I've just done well, a quick journalist. Talking... I've just done a quick journalism like scoot there on my phone while I'm speaking to you. So uh, he he's been making since two thousand and one, mate. Yeah, that sounds that about right. My mind. Yeah. Sounds about right. So he'd been so he's been gone from two thousand and one. He'll have been I think he, along with Danny Quirk, were the first two Hasbro customizers I came across, like other people who were doing them other than myself. I didn't yeah. realize there was a world of people doing them. Do you know what I mean? And then when I found those two, I was like, all oh, right, okay, other people are doing these. And then it opens the door and you find out about more people. Those two and a guy called Brian Beatty, who uh, was knocking out some of the best customs on earth uh, back in the early 2000s. I think he ended up getting a, 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 a job actually making figures, but I don't know which company it was for at the time. But those two, Danny Quirk, who passed away, um, and, and Tommy... And not long after that, a few years after Ralph started making Ralph's clothing, he was making Hasbro right. clothes and stuff. And then I think he passed away, unfortunately. But I think his wife carried on the business for a while. Um, but Tommy, just even looking at what he's doing now, oh my God. Outstanding, <laughs> mate. And, but one of my favourites for his is one of his older ones. And I don't know when he made it. And it's Suburban Commando. Yeah, yeah, Hogan. yeah. I know what you so, mean. And, and, when I want to make something for myself, I want to make something different. I try and think to myself, right, what have I seen? Mm-hmm. Or what have I not seen? I mean, have yeah, I seen somebody make What have I not yeah, seen? And, and I said, we can all turn out the same like figures constantly of the next guy and the next guy. But you want something that nobody's seen. They're like, oh, I remember that. Or like I try and do is a, a poignant like, match in time that brings back memories for myself, which probably brings back memories for someone else. But that's above in command, though. It's just... Everybody remembers the Bob and Command in the movie, and then I seen Tommy's figure, and I thought that's that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, and just don't get me wrong, everything that he like churns out is just outstanding. And I and I talk to him quite often, like when I've got questions, and he'll answer them. And he and that's a good thing. Look, he's not one of these ones who won't tell you anything. Even when you're starting, he won't tell you. He'll he'll, he'll help you down the road if you've got a question. He'll help you out. You know, and because he's been doing it since two thousand and one, he's. Some of the stuff he's doing now, uh, some of the stuff he's been doing in the past is outstanding. So if you if you're not following Tommy Customs on or Tommy's Customs on Instagram, or I think it's Tommy Custom Attitude on Facebook, mm-hmm. start doing it now. You know what I, mean? and, I agree with you. Yeah, fully. I agree with you. And fully. I, mate, people ask me all the time. Oh, people put on there. Oh, you're like you're the best in the business. I'm like, I am nowhere near the best in the business. Check out this guy. And I always send Tommy's links constantly. I'm like. I don't even. I'm not even in the same bracket. This guy's outstanding. So if if you don't do it, get across. But his one, Suburban Commando. I know one from his is his repo man. Yep. Uh, I know that that jacket man. <laughs> I so so I made I made a repo man about a and year and a half ago because I'd never seen one done or I'd seen one but I wasn't really keen on it. So I thought, you know, what, I'll do one, and I was happy as a pig and shit, mate. How it turned out. Yeah, it's fantastic. Then. Yeah, and then Tommy banks his and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just about a shite. That I'll need to, I'll need to throw mines in the bin and go back to the drawing board. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just 
like I loved mines because it was there and it was the jacket and everything else and Tommy Barnes on it and I was like, oh, all right, cheers, mate, thanks. They're both, but, they're both brilliant. They're both brilliant oh, customs. Yeah, but some of the stuff he does and and I like how he, he kind of uses the magnets so that he can change your arms, change your heads, change the torso, yeah. like just in, and, and even done he, his photography of how he takes pictures of these figures. It's just outstanding. So really he's, my, he's my one and two. And rolling on to that as well, though, I'm not going to class him. He's a sidekick. So he's he's, he's mate Stefan Schmidt, who I don't think gets like enough credit either. And I don't know how long Stefan's been going for, but he he works kind of closely with Tommy. And, and over the Christmas period, both of them came up with a, a calendar. Yeah, the advent calendar of custom figures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like one day it was Tommy's, next day it was Stefan's. And same again, outstanding. Some of the yeah. stuff that. Yeah, there's, if, if you ever get a chance to see Stefan's photos of his room, he's got them in those, I think they're card case boxes. Yeah. Do you know what ones I'm talking about? The, the I do indeed, yeah. You can get the certain oversized collector cards for your um, for your, for your, uh, your baseball cards or whatever you want to yeah, call so them. Yeah, so I think he keeps them in there and he's just got them on like this wall and it's just, yes, yeah, it's stunning. I mean, you look at it and the artwork there is outstanding, but these guys on there churning out one figure a week. These guys are trying to like one figure maybe a month or two months. It's taking them that long to produce this bit of art. And that's what it is. It's art. It's not even just a, a hobby or a figure or collectible. It's a piece of art. So yeah, they them my free like top customizers. It's it's virtually two guys to be honest with you. And uh, because I think that those are the guys you're chasing. And you're never going to catch them because of, of what they do, but someday will catch them at some point. Uh, but they, they two are at the top of the game in my case. I think, though, I agree. I think those um, those magnets were a game changer. Like, and he, the photography, as you say, is is stunning. The way he does it, it's really, really nice and very pleasant and fresh. But those magnets are a game changer and definitely getting stolen <laughs> for, yeah, for I, yeah. projects. <laughs> I, I've tried them once, like for my Vader one, and I still don't know yeah. where I'm, I'm happy with the things. And the good thing about Tommy as well, he, he made a couple of YouTube videos of how he makes figures. Yeah. So so he's not hiding it. He's not like, no telling people how to do stuff. He's actively showing them on a YouTube video or his own page saying, this is how I do it. Do it if you can. Then that's it. Simple as that. Completely. Which is good. Completely agree with you. You'll be making figures for a company before long. Um, going on to a couple of other questions then, dude. We You've touched on a couple of bits and pieces that other people have brought up and asked you the questions. Though, so we'll go straight into those questions. Um, part of that was from, I think, funnily enough, Brian Tippy. Tippy was on last week. Another excellent customizer. Asked the question, which custom figure are you most proud of? And I think you've pretty much answered that one in, in several different forms tonight. Um, but he does go on to ask, um, can you say curly whirly slowly? <laughs> curly whirly slowly. I know he means. I know he only means it to them. Yeah. But curly whirly. Yeah. Yeah. Just get him to say it. Say it back. You know. I know. <laughs> he's, it's, he's it's, talk. A, it's not that far off it, mate. To be honest, as bad as mine. And now I'm on a UK show. I can. I don't have to put on my like posh Scottish voice so that people understand me. Well, especially when you're on a on a Newcastle based show as well, mate. You know, it's uh, that's it, yeah. You know, the rest of the UK sees as part of Scotland anyway, so. I know. Yeah, you're not wrong to be honest, mate. That's the way. And we'll take it. We'll happily be part of Scotland. Put that out there now. We will happily be part of Scotland because 
There's nothing we want more than than to join that side of the border. I'm telling that you now. Bond, that bond of Greg's sausage rolls, isn't it? <laughs> That's what it is, man. <laughs> there's one. I'm going to tell you now. There's one spot in Newcastle that you can stand from next to Monument in this, in, just at the top of Granger Street. And I don't know if it's the case now, but there was about four years ago. If you stood on a particular pavement slab and looked, because it's like it's like a central piece for lots of roads to join. If you know what I mean, lots of roads roads join that particular. Yeah, section, yeah. Yeah, if you stand on one particular pavement slab, you can see five different Gregs. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's one on every street, and you can see everyone the outside the door. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, Sean Cold, HWO boy, wants to know. I know Frankie is a big LOD fan, as you've established tonight, in brackets. He's also said the poor man's demolition. <laughs> <laughs> he always starts out shade, doesn't he? And he does, and he doesn't he just? Uh, he wants to know. Uh, so, what was your favourite LOD match? There's that many of them, to be honest. I know, there really is. And, uh, and they're all squash matches, and and I like, like I said, I like all the original NWA Road Warriors and WCW and the stuff that they've done in Japan. But for me, it's probably the shittiest match ever, but it was the best match ever, mm-hmm. and it's going to be SummerSlam. Right, to just amazing. Bikes, the motorbike entrance. Oh mate, the bikes, pads, being in Wembley, and and just the IRA animal was like smashed out his tits, but <laughs> he still like he still managed to finish the end product, and that was it. But yeah, it's just I, I would say that's that's probably the most iconic for you, and especially if you're from the UK, it's the most iconic like pay per view. I think from. Like yeah, ever. the most most iconic event, wrestling event of all time, at least of American wrestling, you know. But it still is the most iconic just, wrestling event of yeah, all time. Even even everything down to like the gold pads, and I mean, it's just it's amazing. And don't get me wrong, like in my garage now, I've got a set of pads ready to be sprayed gold. And, and I was going to ask you about it. I was going to ask you. All right, <laughs> but yeah, go on. Tell please tell us, tell people about the project that you're working on. Yeah, so they've they probably seen it anyway. So, if, like, that's probably like most kids in it. So, the whole life, everybody wanted LOD pads, but they, they came out with those foam, <laughs> kind of red and black foam ones. But they just, that's that's not cutting it, is it? And we don't all want to be that guy on the, the SummerSlam 92 with the, the, the paper cone. So, <laughs> my wife is, my wife says to me, What do you want for Christmas? And my only answer was, I want a pair of American football pads so that I can alter them and turn them into a pair of LOD pads so that I can just sit them in my garage and just stare at them. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so uh, right now, um, I've got a, a set sprayed up red. I'm, I'm just in the process of like casting myself some spikes. I managed to get some 3D printed spikes from the States that I'll do the business, but I just need to do a bit of doctoring and altering, and then they'll, they'll be good to go. So I've got a set of red ones in there, and then I bought a set of child's pads the other day, which came through, and I'm going to do them gold, and then put black spikes on them as well. But yeah, both of them. The, the red ones are for myself, and then the wee gold ones, once I'm finished with them, I might sell them. Yeah. But who knows? Keep your eyes peeled. 
Damn right, man. I remember seeing the sort of the the uh, the making of stages of the red ones, man. God, it. Basically, what I did was I went and found the same pads because I thought I want to do that. I didn't buy them because I thought, am I shit going to be find the time to be able to make them? Uh, and that's the thing, man. Yeah, it so just kind of spawned that, that 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 it just kind of created that. Oh man, I want them. That's yeah, what I, they, I showed a few friends, and they were like, "Oh my god!" I know. They say I'm making for myself. Oh, they'll be they'll be good, and they'll be a good end product. But if I had to make them again for other people, I would do stuff like massively different. I, yeah. I mean, I change a lot of stuff of how I'm doing my own ones now. So enough. In a sense, the ones I'm making now are for myself, but they're also a tester to see if the end product's good enough that other people might want them because everybody wants to say, oh, the buds, I don't care. Of course, of course they do. Well, kind of slightly tied into that to some extent. Um, it's not a Hasbro-related um, question, but it's from uh, Tweet Wrestling, our, our friend Kevin, the HWO. Right. He said, um, I noticed you pick up some pretty decent merch. I like what you've got. What's your favourite piece that you've got in your collection? So it doesn't have to be uh, figure-related. It could be something else. Um, or it could be figure-related if you want it to be. What's your favourite piece of merchandise in your collection? So, uh, yeah, I'm nowhere near like, the guys in our group. Jesus, some of the stuff they've got is just outstanding. Unreal, like isn't it? Oh, they're just madness. But like I said to you, I, I don't buy for the sake of buying. I buy something that will remind me of a period in time that brings yeah. a smile to my face. Yeah. So people have probably seen that my holy grail has always been the ultimate warrior slippers. The, you know I mean, I think I either had them as a kid or I had the Hogan ones. I def, I'm sure I had the Hogan definitely, but I wanted the warrior ones and I couldn't get them for some reason. And the price was ridiculous on them. So every time I'd say my message, oh, like these slippers, it was just the price was outstanding. So I never ever bought them. And then I managed to get a set lately, which was a lot cheaper than what they were going for so I would probably say when I go into there and look at stuff that I bought I would have to say it's those warrior slippers sweet yeah and if you ever wore a set as a kid and when I put them up online it seems to be a lot of people wore them as kids you just they were probably uncomfortable or they were comfortable but because the head on the front was so heavy you just kept tripping over it <laughs> 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 but now it now it now it's annoyed me because I forgot that you can get an LOD set and I can't find them anywhere. Uh, so that's gonna send me down another spiral of trying to find like the, the Legion of Doom set of slippers. So if anybody has got any, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's mint, mate. That's absolutely mint. I mean, well speaking of Twitter and Instagram, it kind of comes to the conclusion, actually, of where we're at tonight with the questions that we've had in. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Uh, but on Twitter and Instagram's front, do you want to let people know where they can catch up with you or go and view some of your work on your Twitter handles and your Instagram handles? Yeah, no, I'd be smashing, mate. So, like I said, I've got Twitter and Instagram. Both are under the same name. It's Kyle Customs and Kyle with a K and Customs with a K, 2018. I managed to keep both of them the same name, which is ideal when you're just talking to people I guess I'm on Facebook but it's like my own personal page people see me posting stuff in the groups however I don't not necessarily don't engage on like messages on there I just prefer to do it on Instagram or Twitter because it kind of keeps it away from my own page and I've never been I've never got around to setting up a Kyle Customs Facebook page to be honest so Instagram and Twitter you'll get me on there people hit me up for all different reasons to ask me the colours of paint ask me how to do customs, ask me what's the best figures. 
I'll take time out my day if I've got it to answer questions because, like I said, back in the day and still now, Mike Jackson was there to answer my questions. Tommy asked, answered my questions. So I still I help people. I don't see anybody as a, I don't know, like a, a challenge or somebody who's going to take my hobby away from me. I'm happy to help people because the better their customs are, the better mines will be or mines will try to be, if you know what I mean. So I, on Twitter and Instagram, same Kyle Customs 2018, you'll find me on there. And you can't ask for more than that, like somebody willing to give the time of the day to explain to you how to make things. Can't ask for more than that at all. Um, we'll also put the links to, um, to, to to Frankie's Instagram and Twitter in, in the bio of this as well, of this episode when we upload it. Um, mate, it's been absolutely mint. Um, I really, really appreciated you coming on. It's been really, really fun crack, and, but like anything really good, we kind of have to come to a conclusion, unfortunately. Um it's, been, it's been really, really good fun, really, really good crack, man. Um, we'll hopefully have this up and running very, very soon, and we'll, we'll, we'll mention to everybody who's watching as well to keep an eye on Twitter in general because we, we are working quite closely with a lot of cool people at the moment, um, a lot of fun people, a lot of fun uh, promotions are ongoing at the moment, including the likes of Cella Toys, the likes of Indie Wrestler Game. There's a few bits and bobs that we've got going. Just keep your eyes now at Twitter, at Grapple Arcade, and also at BBG Wrestling. Obviously, continue to check out at B- uh, bbgwrestling.com. But also, while we're on the subject, people go and take notice of the HWO Twitter, because you need to. It's really, really good crack. We speak about them every episode that we do at the moment. Everybody who's part of that group, a good crack. They're very, very knowledgeable about Hasbro figures. They're very, very knowledgeable about a lot of different things relating to wrestling and merchandise and collectibles. They're more than happy to take time, much like Frank is out of the day, to give you some advice and guidance if you need to know anything. But also, Fig Fridays, man. Fig Fridays are so much good fun. How good are they? You know, you post any item from your collection. Oh. See if you've got through in it. <laughs> you can't help it. You're getting your mum, your, your auntie, your dog to, to vote on uh, your figure that's included in that week's to- tournament and competition. It's just good crack. So if you're on Twitter, check out HWO. I know they've just set, out, uh, set up uh, an Instagram page now as well. And the community's buzzing. It's really good fun. So go and check it out. Mate, thanks once again for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure. And um, um, Thank you very much for having me. And like I said, HWO, get on there. We're all branching out. And you find some latest stuff that's coming out that, yeah, we probably shouldn't tell people, but it's, it's, it's on there. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, thanks again, dude. And we'll catch you all very, very soon. Take it easy, everybody.